0: From the birthplace of radio's
1: greatest era, live from New York, it's Radio Night Live! Kevin McCullough.
2: Wait, who? Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. Huh? The big dog, Kevin McCullough. And Kevin McCullough. Uh, no. Who?
3: Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't.
4: Who? Kevin McCullough. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. What? And CEO of Extreme Media. Oh.
1: Well, how are you on a Saturday night? Boy, do we have a huge show for you. So grateful to have you here and to have you part of Radio Night Live. Uh, Kevin McCullough, my name, and uh, always glad to be with you on the weekend. Uh, We've got a big show, as I've mentioned. We'll go through the big board. We've got uh, a lot coming up this hour. We will speak with... Um, Gordon G. Chang about some of the disturbing stuff taking place in China right now that our media is basically ignoring. We'll also tackle something that's a pretty uh, thorny issue this time of year. What uh, what are what are uh, retailers doing to rip you off, trying to sell you duplicates of products that you actually really want? We've got a U.S. undersecretary going to join us. Kathy uh, Vidal is going to be here. And we will also take a, a good hard look at what the new Congress, what opportunity the new Congress will give uh, the American people and particularly small business in the days to come when they take control in january but first i want to turn to uh, an expert on mr putin and the russian situation because rebecca koffler knows mr putin inside and out she detailed it in putin's playbook a best-selling book from regnery and uh, i had a chance to speak to her just earlier today about breaking news regarding the britney griner trade for victor boot now if you don't know the basics of the story Brittany griner a wnba player big popular icon in the lgbtq community she uh got caught in russia with a couple of vapes that had some cannabis oil in it uh they sent her up the river for that nine plus years was what they were going to give her uh beyond that they were not showing any overtures of trying to get her released uh the President said he was going to try to get her out. Uh, He did not get the former Marine that was also uh, imprisoned there uh, out. But uh, I did have a chance to speak with Rebecca Koffler just moments ago. This is what she told me. All right kevin mccullough very glad to have you with us and as we have had uh, a little bit to say about a lot of different discussions uh, today uh, we're going to go deeper on the britney griner story right now and really more into the detail of uh the the equity of this trade uh, with uh, russia for victor boot uh, the prisoner swap that was conducted this week Um, and joining me now is regnery author rebecca kaufler you know her from putin's playbook Uh, She also wrote a volume on Zelensky and what we can learn about him as well. But, Rebecca, it's always good to have you with us. Thanks for being back.
5: Of course. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and your listeners.
1: So we've heard some pretty bad things about this Victor Boot guy. Uh, Why did Putin want him back?
5: Oh, Putin wanted him back so badly, Kevin. That is because uh, Victor Boot is not just a rogue Agent uh, as the United States was treating him. He's a former, with the former being uh, in quotes, of course, uh, GIU operative giu is russia's military intelligence agency uh boot was an international arms trafficker he was capitalizing on uh the lack of security after the fall of the soviet union back in 1991 and he was able to establish clandestine arms trafficking networks and he was fueling conflicts all around the world by trading these Um, sophisticated uh, back for those times Mm. uh, pieces of military hardware and um, to the point where he was conspiring to kill Americans. He's a bad dude. Uh, This was a deeply unjust uh, trade and we just released someone that has made the world a lot less safe.
1: I kind of liken it to... um... If, if you were talking sports teams or franchise, you, you, we gave up like a really big heavyweight player for someone that doesn't really matter much in terms of like day-to-day security for the for the American people. But boy, did we, what we gave up, we sure didn't get back.
5: Well, without minimizing uh, Brittany Griner and uh, diminishing her as a person, you know, uh, every American, um has value you know i'm not arguing that
1: at all i'm saying for the national security welfare of the country
5: oh no no i'm not i'm not saying you are i'm i'm just kind of uh you know uh, basically putting stuff in the context i don't want to be you know i i'm just saying that i am not doing that correct so um what i what i mean to say is uh victor we just traded an olympian Uh, for a varsity team player. And again, like, uh, it doesn't mean that Brittany Griner is not an outstanding athlete. It just means means like you said, from the national security standpoint, okay, Victor boot has uh, links to Putin himself, okay, through Uh, Igor Sechin. Igor Sechin is one of the most influential people in Putin's inner circle. He is not only the head of Rosneft, which is uh, Russia's uh, state-owned oil company. And, you know, oil is very, very important for Russia. This is how Putin is uh, financing his war machine. Uh, Sechin is also a former KGB operative. Mm. And... um, um, so that's how he knows. Boot. Boot is going to play a critical role in Russia's war against Ukraine right now, precisely because he knows um, these clandestine um, arms trafficking networks. Oh, so 100%. we didn't just
1: we just didn't give him back a bad guy. We we gave him a bad guy that they're going to put to use right away.
5: One hundred percent. Why do you think Putin was insisting on getting this guy back? and uh, you know this was the so one explain
1: something rebecca because i think a lot of americans are scratching their head and again we're speaking with rebecca koffler author of uh, of um, a great book on uh, putin uh, putin's playbook and she really detailed uh, a lot that people don't know about uh, the uh, leader of the russian uh, federation and i would really strongly encourage you to read it um rebecca the the, the the thing that i think is on most americans minds are if this trade was so lopsided why didn't biden insist upon getting uh mr Whelan out with her it, it, this would be the this would be the kind of play that at minimum a two for one would be expected well
5: two reasons first biden has uh, zero negotiating leverage okay the russians don't respect uh joe biden as our president they don't respect uh this administration i mean look these people we have the obama 2.0 crew we have anthony blinken we have uh jake sullivan these are the people who uh were pushing this so-called uh, Russia reset, Russia-US reset. They are incompetent and the Russians know this. Putin is a, was driving a very hard bargain. The Russians uh, wanted to, a one-to-one trade. And John Kirby himself, you know, admitted today that, well, the Russians didn't even give us a choice. Well, guess what? The uh, the art of the deal, of the negotiation, yes, is not to wait for the adversary to tell them your conditions. It's about to giving them our requirements and our condition. I'm sure if we had the former president, you know, the 45th, in charge today this would have been a very very different deal and so and of course the second reason so the first is there's no negotiating leverage Uh, the second is um, Joe Biden wanted to score political points he didn't care about Paul Whelan Um, look it's no secret that Brittany Griner is a celebrity she's a prominent member of the LGBT community with whom um, President Biden wanted to score some brownie points and uh he accomplished that. And people like Paul Whelan, who is a former, you know, Marine, um, and um, people like Mark Fogel, who's just a school teacher. Unfortunately, Biden demonstrated that their lives are not as of high value, and he just handed Putin a great win. And the Russians are elated. Uh, the Russian media is praising Putin, and Putin has Having scored this win, uh, wants to go for seconds. Today he announced that Russia is open to additional prisoner swaps. Oh, I'm sure with the United States.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. And and he's got his short list of exactly who he wants out. Rebecca Koffler, author of Putin's playbook, thank you for your analysis for us. We really you really helped us understand some things and grateful that you've been here.
5: Of course, anytime, Kevin. You got Call, it. call, call me up. Uh, pleasure to be here with you and your listeners. You got Happy it. holidays to everyone. You Merry too. Christmas.
1: All right. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away.
4: Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough.
1: All right. Uh, glad to have you with us. In the next Congress, there will be a divided, uh, split uh, Congress. You're going to have uh, Democrats uh, in control of the Senate, if only by one or two votes. Uh, maybe just the tiebreaker of the vice president herself. Um, And then beyond that, you're gonna have uh, Republicans in slightly more control of the House than the Democrats have been for the last couple of years. I think they picked up two additional seats to what the Democrat margin was. But what difference does all that make? Uh, We talked about it on this show that as soon as government falls into kind of stalemate territory, uh, the market certainly seemed to like it. There's a lot more uh, kind of predictability about outcomes of things. And uh, there's this general consensus, at least on the street, that that stagnation uh, of the two houses not being able to run away with an agenda in one direction or the other is kind of a good thing. And the markets kind of level off and then actually some some positive things begin to happen. But my next guest says. Well, wait a minute, what if we look at it from a completely different perspective? And he's no stranger to the business community. Uh, John Schneider is uh, the famous uh, Papa John of Papa John's Pizza, and he rejoins us. Uh, And John, you you put a a very good pen to paper in Newsmax.com, divided government is opportunity for small business, uh, as kind of the preeminent small business that Papa John's is, because you guys really aren't that small anymore. I know that you came from the viewpoint of the guy that that you know elbow greased it uh, from from the get go. What do you like about divided government, and why do you think it is an opportunity for small business?
2: Well, I like the checks and balances. And I think the framers did a genius, brilliant job to put in the three branches to make sure we have checks and balances, so that America can be America. I mean, America is America because of the entrepreneurial spirit, the innovator. You know the small business owner and when you get out of their way they'll do their thing and they'll make make america great
1: well in this uh divided culture uh and certainly we i I think in the era of trump and beyond we've got a a a kind of more polarized uh approach actually that's not fair that happened before trump i'm going to go back to um following clinton and bush we we just we, we just entered a much more divisive uh, kind of atmosphere uh, with the hard left and the hard right wielding more power within their perspective uh, ends of the spectrum. Um, but right now it it is very, because of that kind of extremism, it's it's very unlikely that I, that I think we're ever going to see like anything more than a 51-49 uh, government much uh, anymore in the years to come. So what is the solution? If somebody can stop everything that's coming through, how does a party that's in control get an agenda across?
2: Well, you go back to 1799 and 1800 the turn of the 18th century, and Jefferson and Adams were wailing on each other. So this is the one thing that upset George Washington was the two-party political system, but that's kind of what what we have and what we've been stuck with. But the the key to small business is getting out of the way. And, um, you know, uh, there's two things happening with small business that I think are detrimental. One is this inflationary uh, issue. Um, that just is uh, causing costs to go up so rapidly with commodities, uh, fuel, cheese, dairy, uh, labor. Um, and that's problematic because you, you can't raise your prices uh, fast enough to cover the cost. And if you raise them too fast, you, you lose customer counts. Right. The other thing is the mindset. The thing that, um, you know, Reagan had, even Clinton to a certain degree, Uh, Of course, Trump, uh, to the nth degree, was they were pro-business. They loved uh, the entrepreneur. They loved the American dream, and it's that mindset that I think starts at the top. I think there was 435 new rules last uh, year that added 190 million hours of paperwork to the small business owner. Mm. The small business owner simply doesn't have that kind of uh, scale to afford uh, excess administrative costs, excess overhead. They're too busy um you know making hamburgers or uh, driving a car or um you know making pizza or doing whatever they do to have all this administrative burden so we need to get rid of some of the regulations and we need to get rid of some of the oversight and we really need a pro business pro small business mindset entrepreneur and and that'll put america back on its feet
1: well you're right about the, the the hundreds of new rules in just the first year of the biden administration and that was building on what his predecessor not trump but obama had done in his years more than 2800 regulations on small business over the two terms and uh trump did what he could to repeal a lot of those but the biden people brought them back and i'm i guess i'm kind of befuddled by that john because if if we are the country of the entrepreneur and i think that you you can't argue that anything else has made the American economy what it is, except small business and people taking a chance on a, on a dream, I, I think that that's proven every day. Particularly here in New York, you see all the bodegas, all the shop owners, all the people that said, "Hey, I want to try to I want to try to make it in this, uh, you know, in this crazy city of New York uh, where I live." Um, and kind of the adage is, "If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere." There's some truth to that, but the government seems to, in the last couple of years. Take great delight in trying to make it as difficult for that small business owner as possible, but they do it under the label and under the banner of trying to hold big, big business accountable. If we if we can't get some sort of like honest truth telling about what's going on, how can we fix it?
2: Well, the left ideology, especially the lead, left elite, all about control, and a a small business owner, an entrepreneur. Uh, You're not going to teach that person or tell that person what to think or how to think. The left ideology, they want to teach you what to think. They don't want to teach you how to think. They want to rob the uh, Americans and uh, the electorate of uh, their independent critical judgment, their ability to think out of the box. And this administration, along with the Obama administration, understood that small business owners are independent critical thinkers. And so, um, you know, people that can't control themselves try to control everybody else. And the left, with its mask or restrictions or over regulation, uh, their motto is control, control, control. They're not control freaks, they're out of control freaks. And uh, that mindset to try to rob the independent critical judgment from the entrepreneur is uh, the worst thing that you can happen to America. So it just comes along with their ideology. They want to control you, like China, communism with the, the mask. And, some of the other restrictions and lockdown—that's government's way of controlling the people versus letting the free markets and the the free enterprise, freedom of speech, uh, you know, do what it does—and that is what's made this country the greatest country in the world.
1: Yeah, uh, we're speaking with Papa John Schnatter, uh, and the uh, I'm always I'm always thrilled to talk to you, uh, John, because um, I, as a college student uh one of my favorite things was on fridays to to order papa john's and to dip that crust into that garlic butter sauce and uh you're not you're not willing to give us the recipe for that on the air today are you i'm just i'm I'm asking i'm begging please
2: <laughs> we've been doing that since Dead tavern in 1984 but really the recipe is quite simple it's uh, a little margin a little uh, salt a little garlic uh A little garlic and salt. Oh, man. It it made
1: many a college night for me. Uh, Unforgettable. And uh, added a few pounds to my frame over the years as well. But, uh, John, we appreciate your article in Newsmax. I'm going to tell everybody to go read it. Uh, Divided government is opportunity for small business. And he has some very practical suggestions there about lowering taxes and pursuing common sense solutions, which, of course, is what we need more of in uh, government today. John, thank you so much for being with us.
2: All right, Kevin. Thank you. You got it.
1: Kevin McKellar coming right back. Don't go away.
4: Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin
1: McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. You know, this time of year, we are in the holiday spirit. I I don't know about you. Do you have all your gift giving done or buying at least? Um, Well, you know, we're going to travel this Christmas. So that means we got to do it in advance and take it all with us. Um, And there's a temptation sometimes to look for extra good deals on things that may be what you're looking for. Uh, But my next guests say, you know what, there's some uh, things you need to be careful of, because at this time of year, things that you don't you're not aware are maybe duplicates or not exactly what they appear to be are in high circulation. How does this impact our holiday celebration? How does it impact our economy? Let's bring in uh, Kathy Vidal, who is the Undersecretary of Commerce for uh, Intellectual, Intellectual property and director of the uspto i'll have her explain that in a second and paul delpont who's uh executive director of the national crime prevention council it's great to have you both with us thanks for being here
3: great to be with you thank you kevin
1: so kathy why are you concerned about this uh what is it about dupes that makes that make the holidays uh particularly sketchy for some
0: so I'm concerned about it because of the impact that it has on our economy and the impact that it has on individuals. So if you look at the economy right now, we're seeing nine million dollars in counterfeit product crossing our borders every day, and what that means is lost taxes, lost jobs. Just in Los Angeles alone, there were we lost eight hundred or four hundred and eighty-three million dollars in lost taxes and one hundred thousand lost jobs just in Los Angeles. So if you think about the impact that has on our neighbors, on our communities, uh, it's astounding. And then I'll just add to that that the the harm that this is causing our children, our neighbors, our parents, um, it's something that needs to be stopped. It's just um, counterfeit products related to consumer goods uh, resulted in 70 deaths and 350,000 serious injuries. And it's not just the counterfeit products related to electronic goods that are causing these issues.
1: That, that that's some stunning numbers. Paul, what can we do about it? How can we be on alert, uh, protect ourselves, families and, uh, you know, the integrity of our gift giving by by not g- getting into this system?
3: The first step is always awareness. Be aware that there are manufacturers, criminals, who run uh, part of cartels and syndicates who are making fake products and fake goods. They're selling them to consumers, and the money they're receiving for that supports other criminal activities like gang violence, human trafficking, and the sale and trade of drugs and fake drugs, which are killing people at an alarming number. So be aware second step is inform yourself and be be smart and buy smart look for clues and uh we we teach kids to be dupe detectives and adults can be too look for the clues go to a website and if the website is spelled wrong close the browser because amazon isn't spelled with two a's you know things things <laughs> like that uh that uh, you know crooks and tricksters will try to trip you up and, and get you there when you're shopping online on the website The thing to look for is the quality of the website. Just like a real manufacturer takes great pride in the quality of their merchandise they're making, people who sell on websites take great pride in those websites. The pictures are clean looking and the graphics are clear and there are no typos. A lot of times um, most most of these goods come in from overseas and a lot of times the websites are housed outside of the U.S. so they can avoid prosecution. Uh, by by law enforcement in the US. So if the website has a lot of typos in it, it's probably fake.
1: Yeah, Kathy, let me ask you. I mean, there is a whole um, uh, ecosystem on the web uh, and I'm thinking of Etsy and some other outlets that allow entrepreneurs that are, are making small quantity craft items and so forth to, uh, to kind of be successful as small businesses. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing that some of those shops could be mixed in with some of the product that you're talking about as well. How do we know if we're maybe not on a standalone site, but if we're in a in a you know, subculture ecosystem that has uh, more entrepreneurial type of activity on it? Is there is there a chance that we're getting taken uh, advantage of there as well?
0: There is. And that's, it's really unfortunate. And that's why it's important to really think about being smart about all of this, because you're right. Those types of websites are phenomenal. They really allow people who are starting businesses, people who want to grow jobs to be able to participate in the marketplace with low access costs. And um, so it's, it's an amazing place for people to sell their goods, but those places are also selling these counterfeit products. And, you know, one thing I would look for is the brand research, the brand, if it's a brand, you know, they, they may not be selling on some of those sites or if they are you can you can verify that it's the actual brand and when it's small companies do do a little bit of research it doesn't take much uh, much research to figure out if you're buying the real thing
3: yeah everyone should join our campaign go for real by visiting ncpc.org slash go for real you'll see mcgruff the crime dog ready to teach you
1: i love that guy he's been around for a long time even when <laughs> i was a kid <laughs> kathy vidal and paul Dupont, thank you for uh, being with us today we appreciate it Thanks
2: Everybody loves my baby. Well, my baby don't like nobody but me. No one but now
1: back to Radio Night Live. Once again, Kevin McCullough. All right, uh last weekend on my weekend tv radio simulcast uh we showed you some video that of all places cnn was publishing and it was stunning uh people in white suits picture the uh the government forces that came in after the et discovery in the movie where they try to take the alien and everybody's in the full body white suits with the big stuff all over their head and everything these these are these are they're called white suits in china but they're going into people's private residences and upon nothing more than suspicion of a citizen having been somewhere near where someone had covid that was reportedly uh found to have had covid uh they are hauling these people out uh in the broad daylight in the dead of night anywhere in between uh and the human rights abuses being sent into uh COVID containment camps and all kinds of things. It's just unspeakable. And our government has said next to nothing about it. Um, The leftist media here in America has reported almost nothing about it. Uh, But I want to discuss this um, in greater depth. And Gordon Chang is back with us. Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. uh, And I encourage you to follow him. Uh, And Gordon has uh, penned a piece for FoxNews.com called China Puts the World at More Realty. And Gordon, before I get into the the details of your column, you've seen the same videos that are breaking out on social media that everybody else has. Uh, These are drastic human rights abuses, and they're not against people that are even necessarily infected with the the virus. These are just people that happen to wander near certain places, uh, and they're treating them like this. This is abhorrent, and American leadership has been vapid on what's happening there.
4: Well, certainly. We had the Biden administration say some very dispiriting words about the protests in China. Uh, If the Americans don't stand up for freedom and democracy, um, nobody else in the world will. And this will have a consequence because not only will the Chinese people sense that the American administration is not with them, but also people around the world in other countries. Now what's happened in China is the extraordinary protest that followed the November 24 fire in Right, And that fire, um, firefighters could not get to the apartment block because of uh, COVID blockades on the streets. And also people died because they were sealed into their apartments. This triggered um, protests across the country. These protests were not coordinated. There were no leaders. Uh, They were not organized but people just had enough of COVID-19. And and Kevin, it was not just COVID-19 restrictions. People immediately were chanting down with the Communist Party, down with Xi Jinping, because they realized that the root cause of this is Communist Party rule.
1: Given that, and he's just been he's just been through his ceremony where he's basically what uh, president for life or whatever they call it um, over there that he's he's been processing. What where do things stand? How does this I mean, when you have protests that are that large, even if American and Western media aren't covering it, surely it makes an impact uh, there in China. Um, What what has been and what is the response that you're seeing develop over there?
4: Yeah. You're referring to the Communist Party's 20th National Congress, Correct. which was held in the middle of last month, where Xi Jinping got his precedent breaking third term as General Secretary of the Communist Party. In other words, China's ruler. And while the Communist Party, while Xi Jinping was consolidating its control over the Communist Party, it was clear, even in the middle of October, that the party was losing control of Chinese society. And that was evident from these protests, a different set of protests in Zhengzhou, in the central part of the country. um, This was at the iPhone factory of Mm -hmm. Foxconn, the Taiwan manufacturer um, that makes, and it's this particular facility, somewhere more than 200,000 workers. This makes somewhere like 60 to 70% of the world's iPhones. Um, And those extraordinary protests continued into this month. And there was a real warning to the international community that China was no longer stable. And then, of course, the November 24th fire, which we just talked about, confirmed that um, China right now is um, in a very volatile situation. And the people there have pushed their regime around, which is now relaxing those COVID rules. But we don't know how this is going to work out.
1: Well, typically when uh, very maniacal leaders that are very authoritarian get challenged, usually that creates a circumstance by which they tighten the grip. Has Xi Jinping exhausted that option? Is he still likely to utilize it? Or do you think that the protests are truly having the ability to kind of get him to, to loosen up a little?
4: Yeah. At least at this moment, um, clearly Xi Jinping has exhausted the opportunity to exert more control over the Chinese people. And the people are emboldened right now. Um, the protests have uh, died down because uh, the regime has announced these COVID relaxation. Um, but uh, really in Beijing right now, they've just given a signal to local officials. And local officials really don't know what to do because they've got two contradictory guidelines. One is to open up. The other is to make sure that there are no more cases. So they, they really don't know what to do. But the, the issue here going forward uh, really is going to be the Chinese people have made it clear that they don't want the Communist Party. Communist Party may reassert control as it's trying to do right now, but this is going to be a long-term struggle, which means that China will remain volatile. And that sorts of implications for us.
1: Well, given that you write in your piece that China puts the world at more risk than ever before, um, and you talk about threats to uh, the region beyond their own borders, what what are you what are you describing in this piece?
4: Yeah, Xi Jinping has clearly lost hearts and minds, and he realizes that he can no longer persuade the Chinese people. He can coerce them, he can imprison them, he can intimidate them. Um, but if he wants to unify them, uh, which he absolutely has to do to stay in power he's gonna to have to do something. And the only thing that he can do is to create some sort of foreign enemy, um, some invasion of India, Japan, Philippines, Taiwan, create some sort of incident with Australia or the United States, really to um, create the foreign enemy. Um, and so that puts us really in the crosshairs. But you know, even before these extraordinary protests start, which started last month, um, Xi Jinping had been not only mobilizing the military for war, more ominously, he was mobilizing Chinese civilian population for war. And so we've got a militant regime that uh, is bent on some creating some sort of incident. Um, and and what's occurred with these protests in China has only increased the incentive for Xi Jinping to do something truly horrible.
1: That's, that's discouraging on every uh, possible level. Gordon Chang, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Once again, from New York, here's Radio Night Live and Kevin McCullough. Ladies and gentlemen, time for a little holiday spirit, the Piano Guys.
4: Okay, action. One, yep. two, seven, eight.
1: Just a bit of fun to put you in the holiday spirit as we round out hour one of tonight's big show, Radio Night Live. So glad to have you with us. Kevin McCullough is my name. Next hour, the Ladies' Lounge, Katie McFarland, Kelsey Bowler, Bethany Mandel, and more Piano Guys.